Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to the 100th episode of Decorating Pages Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Wana. Hello. How are you? Happy holidays. You've survived one. One down, one to go this week. Very good. You survived it. Um, I hope everyone is enjoying their time off, if you're getting it. And um, I hope that it's not too stressful and you're enjoying all the little moments with friends and family and some peace and quiet. If you work in um, the industry and you have this time off, I hope you're enjoying it. I usually get sick every year, literally like every year. Um, this year, I got sick early. So I was sick before Christmas. So that's why I didn't do the podcast last week because my voice was crazy town and it's still a little crazy town. So I am sorry about that, but I got to get this hundredth episode out. I'm very excited. Um, and it's just me. You just get me for this. So sorry about that. You get me reminiscing. Um, <clears throat> I, I, um, I had a wonderful Christmas with my family. Um, always sad that I can't be with everyone. Um, my parents are back east. I have brothers back east. And so um, it's a different kind of holiday now with the boys and um, watching magic in their eyes through, you know, the Santa and the, all of the lights and decorations and how excited they get, and which is just a reminder of how exciting it was when we were little. And um, so, yeah, it's been really special and I've, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying my, my time off. Um, so let's, let's dive into this a little bit. What should we do? Well, let me, let me tell you a little something. So I ha- I'm off and I actually have been watching TV, obviously, but I actually went to the movies. I did. I went to a movie all by myself. <laughs> My first day off, it's like Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock and I hit Avatar. Um, Kim, why would you do that when there's all these other movies out? Well, to be honest, I'm getting a lot of screeners and I will get to it. I will get to Oscar contenders and everything. And Avatar is going to be an Oscar contender. There's no way around it. With The visuals are just stunning. They are. And 
they're above and beyond, you know, everything that used to be. But I think everything is sort of caught up to Avatar at this point. <clears throat> so I don't know how special it is. And once again, as with other Jim Cameron films, the story is lacking a little, a little simplified. Um, you know, they want you to feel bad about the environment and we're treating it like such shit and then people being mean to each other and shit like that. Um, I did connect so much uh, with the characters in the three plus hours I was there. Uh, I did cry a little in the end because there's something about kids. I'm not going to give anything away, but, um, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's a film, but here's the thing. I don't really know where the set, the physical set ended and the animation, I, I'm calling our CGI. I know I'm saying it wrong. <clears throat> I don't know where it starts and stops. Like you watch like Obi-Wan or like all these like Disney uh, pieces with the, the um, you know, Mandalorian and shit. You can physically see what people are touching and, and that's real. I don't know. And then you can imagine, oh, that's a set extension or that's that's kind of maybe maybe that's where it ends or maybe that building's fake and there's kind of mystique to it. Avatar, I'm kind of at the point when I was watching it thinking, why don't you just make this, just make the whole thing animation or CGI. Just make, or I don't know. Why are you making the actors go through with this? Just do it all. I don't know. I, 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 and I, I love all this and I really want to be in on it, but I can't figure out why it took so long to make this. And what am I really looking at that I haven't seen that you gave me in the first Avatar, which was awesome. It was. That was spectacular. That was something special. But now, uh, so yeah. But I thought I need to see this in the theater to appreciate it. And so that's why I went to Avatar. The other thing is I discovered, now I'm going to let you know a little secret if you're in Los Angeles. I live by the South Bay Galleria and there is an AMC theater there that has dine-in with the theater seats and they bring you the food and there's a full bar and there's, and it's half price Tuesdays. So it was a win-win for me. It was a win-win. I, I one almost fell asleep a little bit, but I didn't, but I could have. The other thing in, the, in the, going to the movies is that every preview was a remake. I'm not joking. Every preview, the Indiana Jones. Okay, we're on the, what, fifth segment of this? I mean, I'm going to see it, but it's Indiana Jones, The Little Mermaid live action. Okay, that was out in the 90s. Super Mario Brothers cartoon. That that was out in the 80s and 90s. Like, there's nothing new. Are we making anything new here? It was just so odd to me that, like, every preview was a remake. It was crazy. Um... What else? I watched The Glass Onion is on Netflix and the production designer Rick Henricks and Eli Griff. I it was it was a good movie. It's watchable. It's uh I hate Edward Norton, but I still watched it. It's good. It's you know the mystery like knives out. It's like that. It's good. The design is like this glass 
fortress house mansion in, in the Greek islands and looks like a good location. I, again, I, I think I need to watch it behind the scenes to see where new sets were versus, I mean, obviously I know the interiors were sets, but it was, I mean, design wise, it's a lot of glass, a lot of white glass. The, the, the furniture choices I thought were interesting in it and in making the people feel uncomfortable. So if you pay attention to that a little bit and the colors that they used in some people's rooms, I thought that that was really great design choice there. I started to watch Chippendales, which is on Hulu, production designed by Richard Bloom and decorated by Lynette McCallan and Marianne Broughton. Brighton? Broughton. Um, I think I watched three episodes and they have a very muted palette in it. And then they have the neon, you know, for the Chippendales and like all that glitz and glamour of their like little performances and everything. To me, I, I don't know, story-wise, I was like, eh, I get it. Everybody involved with Chippendales had bad luck. I'm, I'm out. I didn't feel like it was really worth watching any more than that. <laughs> so I think I'm giving up on Chippendales. Um, kind of the same thing. I started George and Tammy, which I believe is on Showtime. Production designer Jonah Mankiewicz and set decorator James V. Kent. Now here, uh, the, the period sets that they put out there are really good. The houses, the patterns of the wallpapers, the curtains. Um, there's a like a honeymoon type suite that they stay in where it looks like that red flocked wallpaper and this like canopy bed. Uh, it's really good. That bedroom's really good. I watched two episodes and again, I don't need to know the story. I get it. He wasn't a great guy. She was, uh, you know, she had problems. They fell in love and then he still wasn't a great guy. So I'm kind of over it. And then to balance that, I did some classics this week. I watched Mr. Mom again, <laughs> production designer Alfred Sweeney, and set decorator George R. Nelson. I love Mr. Mom. I love that movie. And Michael Keaton is just perfect in it. It's so it's a little quirky. Terry Gar is perfect. Martin Mull. They've got such great lines in that movie. Um, not a Christmas movie, but it's a classic. And um, it did watch A Wonderful Life. I think I said that last week well I did for my holiday classics but the boys had it I, we had it on for the boys again and all right it's not my favorite but I watched some of it again um I also watched You've Got Mail I love You've Got Mail production designer Dan Davis and and set decorator Susan Bode You've Got Mail to me is such a staple of late 90s design like her apartment, it's a little bit shabby chic, but it's New Yorkish. And then his like leather and masculine, and his apartment, and the clothing, and and the little cafes that they go in. <clears throat> I remember doing research for the late '90s for impeachment, and thinking, oh, first thing I gotta watch, you've got mail again because it's a perfect time capsule of that time. Um, and I love that movie. <laughs> Um, oh, also decorated by Ellen Christensen. I started Spirited, which I think is on Apple. <clears throat> Will Ferrell and Rod, Ryan Reynolds. And basically it's Scrooge. It's Scrooge McDuck. 
Um, production designed by Clayton Hartley and decorated by Lori Mazur. Um, the sets are fantastic and brilliant and colorful and big and, and, and it's all, you know, and it's kind of a musical, so that makes me uncomfortable, but I didn't finish it. I didn't think it was that funny and, uh, and Ryan Reynolds couldn't keep me interested enough, but most of the sets that I saw were really fun and very Christmassy. So yeah, I think, I think that was kind of all I watched this week. I had a good week off. Okay, so funny enough, I can't stop coughing and I'm going to edit all this out, but um, I've waited a week so my voice would be better and now I keep coughing, so that's cool. And it's pouring rain outside, so sorry if you hear that. I don't know, the rain puts you to sleep. My voice and the rain might put you to sleep. Just hold on, hold on, I'm getting to this 100th episode. Thank you for listening. I did 100 episodes of this. Can you believe it? Because I can't. (laughs) I can't believe I did this. Um, it's been so rewarding, um, and so educational to bring this podcast to you. And I really hope that you have enjoyed hearing some of the most creative people in this TV and film industry. Like I am blown away when I look back at the people that I've gotten to talk to and friends and strangers. It's been amazing. I've learned so much from my guests and, uh, either listening to their creative process listening to how they got into this business, um, listening to how they, you know, achieve certain sets and films. I just love it. So I'm going to recap a little bit. Um, I'm going to start with my favorite moments. So to me, when I started this, I made a list of movies and people and thought, God, it would be great to ever talk to them. And my number one was Janine Oppenwall because she I've I had seen her over the years at the ADG Awards I've seen interviews with her I stalked her before and she was kind enough to meet with me um one day and had lunch and tried to give me advice and I always have taken that to heart that she took time to go, help guide me and so I thought, God, this is going to be so awkward because I, I don't know if anybody's taking me seriously doing this, and but I, I am. <laughs> I'm taking myself seriously. So to me, in talking with Janine, and I went to her home, which was gorgeous, and, this, and, and everything about Janine is so interesting from that voice to her stories and her background and how she got into this and then hearing about Pleasantville and Seabiscuit and Catch Me If You Can and LA Confidential. So I knew when I got to interview her that I, I'm selfishly, you know, I, I'm doing these to hear these stories for myself, but I really hope other people are getting things out of them too. And I, and you do, you've told me that you do. Um, so Janine was fantastic to talk to, and I'm so, always so appreciative of, of any second she has ever given to me. Um, just a great lady, and the talent is unbelievable. Um, to me, talking with production designer Jim Bissell about E.T., um, 
I mean, we talked about The Midnight Sky, which is the film that he had out at the time, but listening to him talk about E.T. and Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> I just hung on every word. And he's so articulate in his design process and all of the films um, that we talked about. But talking about E.T. to me is is unforgettable for me. And... Um, that's uh, one of the episodes and, and moments I know deep down, like I just had such butterflies because uh, I couldn't believe that I was talking to him about E.T. Um, production designer Jane Muskie is like, wow, because the films that she designed influenced me so much. Raising Arizona, Glengarry Glen Ross, When Harry Met Sally, um, we just got to talk about so much, uh, uh, like these nineties and eighties films that I just adore. Um, and I learned in, you know, about her process in that interview. And I just, I'm always, I can't believe that I got to talk to her. <laughs> so this is kind of a list of people who like, I blushed through the whole interview. Um, and Gino, Cavallero, who production designed Roma and Pan's Labyrinth. During the pandemic, I really had the opportunity to reach out to a lot of people because everybody was home. It was kind of a great thing. And he is one of the people who was available and it was like a different time zone. He's in a different country, whatever. And uh, he was so eloquent in talking about his design process and kind of so serious that I, I found myself just kind of like mesmerized just listening to him that I probably, it's not a great interview probably because of that. I'm just kind of hanging on his words and, and, and wanting him to speak more. <laughs> I don't want to hear about me. Um, so that was amazing. Production designer, David Grotman, who just selfishly talking to him about the movie Once Around was amazing. At the time, we talked about um, Catch-22, which I think was on Showtime, which was an amazing thing. But he did Chocolat and One Fine Day and so many more, um, Life of Pi. I mean, so many other films that I am influenced by. And then I get to talk to, like, Bob Shaw. Who did soprano, production designer The Sopranos, Wolf of Wall Street? He just did. He just won the Emmy for the the Gilded Age. Talking to Bob Shaw about Sopranos, and I had just rewatched the whole thing. Was just, or was about to, was just amazing because that show was on for so long. In a sense that you grew up with it. I mean, I know you know how you talk about shows I grew up with. I mean, Sopranos, it was, that's it. That's every Sunday. It was Sunday night at nine. That was it. Um, and so happy that I got to talk to him about the, those sets and, um, yeah. And, and then just recently Lawrence Bennett. Now that's something to me, <clears throat> speaking with him, we talked about the offer and, um, I reminded him that I actually worked for him as his uh, production coordinator or art department coordinator on a show that got shut down 
and then after it, he went on to do Crash and the Artist and like all these others. And to me, it was such a kind of a full circle of like meeting up with someone who you haven't seen in, in like forever, and not that you had a friendship or anything, but you've your travels have led you back to each other in a sense, and you can talk about it as you know, as, as peers, it was just awesome. It was just awesome to talk to him. Um, I really appreciated getting to, to see that. So those are some of my top favorite guests, selfishly. And most of them, it's because (laughs) I love the movie, the movies I grew up on that influenced me to do what I do is because of these people and, 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 and many more, but I am so thankful that I got to talk to these people through this podcast, and I I hope you go back and um, listen to a couple of them. They're just wonderful, wonderful designers and, and so incredibly talented. Now, another thing I have learned, sorry why I cough, um, is that I didn't go to school for journalism. <laughs> I just like to talk, and I love to work a room, and I love to you know, hear stories and kind of relate to people and everything. And I think I'm funny. So, but what I have learned over this time is that I have basically three types of interviews here for you to to listen to. There's people who I know, and I am so thankful for those first interviews with production designer Ian Phillips and art director designer Adam Rao and art director Sean Page that those first five episodes were I'm so nervous and they suck but it was a good time um that they believed in me enough to awkwardly talk to me on, on a microphone and in person not even over zoom um and actually talk to me and believe in me for this and to you know, help me get stories out there. So I'm always super, super thankful for those first couple guests of my friends who did this. Um, Prop master Gabe Perillo, on set dresser Jordan Steinberg, my buyer, my good friend Ethan Goodwin, um, director Dean Holland, producer Dave Mendel, my absolute girl crush Ben Beth McCarthy Miller, uh, director. That, to me, like hitting up people who I knew and were working with at the time was so essential to my comfort zone of getting this podcast to what it is and and having it to keep growing. So I really thank all of my friends who were a part of this. Um, Jamie McCall, uh, Caleb Duffy, like, thank you. Thank you for every moment you gave me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The other Another type of interview is more of like what I just recently talked about, people who I admire um, and had the balls to like reach out and want to talk with, like Jane Muskie, um, set decorator Jan Pascal talks about Monk, Obi, she talks a little bit about Obi-Wan, talks a little bit about Maverick, but God, I mean, her interview... Uh, should I, I'll just say it now. Her interview is one of the most that people reference when they talk to me. Oh, I heard that interview with Jan Pascal. God, that was so funny. And I can't believe how she used to 
you know, work on location like that or do it like how she got started. And, and so her interview is one that people reference to me all the time that they really liked and enjoyed. And so thank you to her for sharing that story with us. Um, and as I said, like Jim Bissell, Bob Shaw, a friend of mine who I admire also is David Smith, set decorator, who has such a long career of wonderful projects and he's just still going. Like, he is unbelievable. He just finished up um, Michael McKeon's new directorial movie. Like, he is going strong. I don't even know how he does it. I'm exhausted. I don't know how he does it. So that's the other type. The third type, another type of interview is people who I don't know. And it either comes out from watching something that I really enjoyed and kind of stalking them and <laughs> finding their information somehow. And, um, or I have been really lucky that as this podcast grows, like either a publicist or, um, uh, an agent will reach out, like, do you have interest in talking to them about their current project? And that's awesome because it opens me up to, uh, you know, projects that I might not have watched. So I love that. I absolutely love it. And I've got, I think I've gotten more um, relaxed with people who I don't know. Um, it's hard to just strike up a conversation with someone you never know, even though, you know, we're all in the same business. But like Annie Buchamp, um, who is a production designer, did Black Mirror, Top of the Lake, um, out of, I believe it was Australia, and that was awesome, just to talk to someone, like, on a different continent. Um, production designer Lauren Kelsey, production designer Eve McMarney, production designer Neil Patel, designer Liz Tuncole, I mean, who else? Um, set decorator Amber Richards, and I mean, those are just people I'm just like become like an instant fan of them just because they are all of a sudden you click because we're all in the same process together. Like it's awesome. Um, and people who I don't know in other positions have really made me try to be a better interviewer, like com composer Pat Irwin. I started to watch things just listening to things way more before like prepping for that interview and now since so that has you know made me tune not just my visuals but my hearing into more of um films and tv simon dennis who i worked with but still it was hard to kind of dive into the world of dp and try to get questions that other people who are interested in, in, in lighting and, and, and shot and, you know, setting up shots would be interested in illustrator Gabriel Hardman. That was fascinating. That was a fascinating interview for anyone who hasn't listened to that of how he storyboards all of these huge films and his collaboration with a director and a designer and everything. And my friend, like Caleb Duffy, who's a who was a location manager at the time, like 
it's it's a completely different world but he is a part of the look of the of the film or the production like it's a really hard job and I don't think anybody you know knows a lot about that so I was so glad to to share that um those stories with all of you because I learn a lot through this (laughs) I don't know if you know that but I do learn a lot while I'm asking people questions. I do, I do learn a lot. So, the top three downloaded episodes. The number one episode that everyone seems to listen to all the way through is my girl crush, Beth McCarthy Miller. Now, to me, her interview is fascinating because I knew... I've worked with her on Parks and Rec and Veep and The Good Place and she's done tons and tons and tons of uh, of other uh, shows uh, mostly comedies I mean she's she's fantastic she started out in videos but she directed the halftime Super Bowl show with Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson when they had the boob flash and I didn't think she was gonna like really talk about it and she does. So if you haven't listened to that, and I think that's why people really listen to it, she does talk about that, and she talks about directing comedy and overall the the process of that and how she got into it, of course. And it's I it's one of my favorite ones. I'm like sweating through the whole thing because I'm so kind of embarrassed that I, because she's a director, she's directing Good Place, and I'm set decorating it, and I had her in my office, and I'm like, this is so fucking awkward, but. I want to talk to her. I want to hear these stories, and I know other people do too. So, she's number one. Number two is set decorator Sarah McMillan, who decorated Mayor of Easttown. And I think one of the things that made the episode so popular was the timing of when um, it came out and the Emmys and 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 sort of catching on to that, but also... She really talks about decorating for the style of the specific town and really diving into these people's lives. And I think she did a fantastic job in, in conveying that story to to the listeners. So, yeah. Number three is Ryan Garten, who is a set designer, now art director. And I'm telling you right now, no, Ryan was fascinating. Is a set designer and people need to know what that job is. But we basically just did a breakdown of all the housewives' houses and interiors. And I kind of think because in my title of that episode, it's that, you know, the real housewives of, I think that caught a lot of eyes. But we are super entertaining in that episode. I'm very relaxed. And it's a good one. And I think we had one or two drinks. It's a good, it's a fun one. If you're looking for a fun episode, Ryan Garten. Number three. Um, Next are directors, which makes me think I need to get more directors on the show. Michael Uppendahl, who I worked with on Impeachment, and Craig Zisk, who I worked with a couple of times, and he, um, they're both fascinating. I talked to Craig for like three hours or something. He was fantastic. So there's actually two episodes of Craig. Um, So yeah, directors. So out out of that three... Three of them are directors, and two of them, um, one is a set decorator and one is a set designer. So 
I kind of got to, maybe I need more directors on here. Maybe that's what you want to hear. So in the next hundred episodes, <laughs> what's ahead? Well, I am. And taking note of that and trying to get people maybe a little bit more outside of the art department and how they connect with the art department. Maybe more directors. Um, I have a huge wish, wish list always. So I'm going to hit those people hard. I have four interviews already lined up for the beginning of the year, but we have ADG nominations coming out in two weeks, Oscar nominations, SDSA nominations. So I thought maybe, oh, I'm going to be, you know, finishing up on this really hard show in mid-January. Maybe I could take a break. No, I got to get these award people to you. I can't quit now. So, but I, I am trying to get people who aren't necessarily production designers, set decorators, because I see what you like and I want to give that to you. Let's see what else. Um, I don't know what else. I mean, uh, as a little present, a little prezzy for being such a great listener, I have 50% off of the decorating quick reference templates that are available on Etsy. No code needed. Um, it's 50% off till the 2nd of January. So thank you very much. Um, they are, it's downloadable files with 18 pages of quick reference information that will help you in decorating, um, placing orders, dressing your house, dressing for scouts, whatever. Um, it's a really quick little reference guide that I think any sort of designer decorator would enjoy. What else? The other thing is there is 50% off the stogie floaty. How about that? Who, <laughs> how nice of them. 50% off, um, no code needed on Etsy from now till January 2nd on Etsy. And what's that? Um, what else? I don't know. That's all I have, people. I, again, thank you so much for listening and for, especially for this episode and putting up with my probably terrible editing of editing my coughs out, but... Um, I super appreciate everyone who especially wrote in in the last month or so and asking people of who your favorite episode was, Jan Pascal, um, and, um, what you liked about the episodes. M most of the feedback is they like hearing how people got started, hearing, um, people's story of like specific projects that they liked. So I'm so glad that I was able to give that to you and um i hope you've gotten many earfuls over the past five seasons 100 episodes so thank you so much for listening for decorating pages i'm kim wanup Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.